Live from Nashville, Tennessee, it's Dawn and Steve in the morning. Good morning from Moody Radio. Dawn's out today, but later in the show we have Manny Arongo joining us, as well as John Bevere. You're not going to want to miss either of those. First up though, it's the Devo. Call or text 800-555-7898 to join the conversation. We would love to have you be a part of that. It is Don and Steve, and as Briggs just said, she is out, but uh, I've been out, at least on Friday, and so it's been a little bit of time since we've been together. Glad that you are here and hope that uh, you will join the conversation this morning. Love to know how the weekend was. Maybe you were off yesterday, as uh, I was. I spent yesterday traveling back from Chicago. So how was the weekend? I know some of you at the end of last week, we're uh, texting and, and letting us know you're planning to head to Kentucky to Wilmore to go to Asbury. And I also saw headlines that uh, talked about the fact that there were over 20,000 people trying to get into this little town of normally 6,000. And they ended up having signs along the highway saying, we're full. Like, we don't have space to put people. And so uh, maybe you made it. Maybe you didn't. Love to know. If anybody was there over the weekend, what was your experience? 800-555-7898. But it Briggs, how was the Briggs family? The Briggs family was great. We had a fantastic weekend. It was very, very busy. Um, started, and I, I must say kudos to LifePoint Church, who ran a daddy-daughter dance on Saturday. Oh, it nice. was fantastic. Um, and there were, I, I was so surprised with how many dads and gals were there um but they had a myriad of activities and photo booths and artists drawing caricatures i've got a lovely caricature of my daughter and i which thankfully we were third in the queue there was three okay. or four three <laughs> or four artists and there was easily a hundred people queued up so we we got through fairly quick with that which was great um and uh, yeah that was the start of the weekend Nice. And then we had the privilege of going to Bridgestone to the Hits Deep Tour. Last minute decision, but some friends of ours wanted to go. Um, and uh, we're like, yeah, let's go and be in the uh, the bleachers, the far, far yep. away, the binocular thing. But it, it was it was fantastic. There was Crowder was there, Cochran and Company, uh, Tasha Layton, John Reddick, Zach Williams made a surprise entry. An artist called Terrian, who I'd never heard, whose vocal range hmm. is f- unbelievable, um, and yeah, it was a brilliant, brilliant evening. But the highlight, of course, was seeing our kids worship the Lord. Oh, yeah. And had your kids ever been to a show like that before? Uh, not that scale, no. Okay. <laughs> what, what did they think? They loved it. They loved yeah. it. It was a late night for them. Um, but it's uh, it's going to be in Kentucky, I think, on the 23rd, the next leg. Um, and they still have a whole host of uh, venues that they're going to. But, you know, what a, what a, and the, my hat was off. Do you know how old Toby Mac is? I think he's in his early 50s. Late 50s. Is he late 50s? 58. And he was bouncing around wow. that stage like there's no sort of Melissa was like, I don't know how long his knees are going to handle that. But uh, but it was it was really, really uh, a show to behold and honoring the Lord throughout it, which was wonderful. Um, yeah. 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 Great evening. Oh, that that's cool. And I guess if I would stop and think about it, I, I might get to late 50s because I remember seeing him when I was in like junior high and high school when DC Talk was the opener. Yep. For other bands like yep. Garmo and Key and, you know, then watching uh, him over the years and the opportunity to to connect a couple of times. And, yeah, you began to see the wrinkles form. And I'm like, no, that, that shouldn't happen. And, yeah, now you, you see him and you're like, okay. Yeah, I, I are, you, are you down with the DC Talks, Steve? That's the question. <laughs> I, absolutely. <laughs> well, whatever uh, you've had going on this weekend, we are glad that you are here and would love for uh, you to join the program. Yeah, let us know. How the weekend was, you can call or text 800 555 
888-900-7898. Also would love to know if you made it to Asbury. I know a couple um, on Friday or Thursday, Friday of last week were saying that is the intent. That's what we're hoping to do over the weekend. And if you did, love to know what your experience was. 800-555-7898. You know, we are called to be light in Scripture. But what does that actually mean? What does it mean for us to be light? We're going to take a look at that this morning from Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, there is no mistaking the effect of light on a darkened place. Light boldly and unabashedly announces its presence and vigorously dispels darkness. God's desire is to fill you with light. He wants you to shine as a brilliant testimony of His presence and of His power in your life so that the darkness in the lives of those around you will be displaced by the light of God's glory. If, however, you notice the world around you is becoming darker and darker, don't blame the darkness. It's simply doing what darkness does. The only remedy for darkness is light. If the world is becoming darker, the problem is not with the darkness. The problem is with the light. Jesus said his disciples should be the light of the world. That's in Matthew 5.14. What an awesome responsibility to be the ones through whom God would shine his divine light and dispel the darkness from around others. In announcing his own coming, Jesus said, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and the shadow of death, light has dawned. It's Matthew 4.16. You know, there's no ignoring Jesus' arrival on earth. Darkness was dispelled. Everywhere that Jesus went, God's truth was boldly proclaimed. People were healed. Hypocrisy was exposed. Sinners found forgiveness. The world was never the same once the Father introduced His light through His Son. Now here's the question. Can that be said of you as well? Do your co-workers recognize the light that is within you? Does the presence of Christ radiate from your home into your community? When God's light is allowed to shine unhindered through your life, the darkness around you will be dispelled. If you want a copy of this morning's devotional, love to get that to you. Simply text the word Devo, D-E-V-O, text that to 800-555-7898. Also linked on our Facebook page, Don and Steve in the Morning. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning. On YouTube today, Michelle Medlock-Adams' video drops to talk about her new book, Flying High. Don't forget to click the bell and subscribe at youtube.com forward slash at Dawn and Steve. We're at 108 subscribers. Help us get to 120 by the end of the show. Love for you to be one of those who does that. Again, on YouTube, you're just looking for at Don and Steve. Well, 
why we uh, would love to see a little momentum there. Certainly we have seen momentum and outpouring of the Spirit of God. We have seen a lot of people talking about what's happening in Kentucky at uh, the campus of Asbury in particular. And Pam, I understand you were there over the weekend um, calling from Pikeville this morning, but uh, what, what was your experience like as you uh, went to Asbury? You know, I really didn't know what to expect, but what was impressed upon me is the peace hmm. that 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 you just felt there, the presence of God, the peace of God. And uh, particularly, there was a prayer of repentance that was held by a young man, um, and everybody was bowing down before God with a prayer of repentance and and just the peace and the freedom to worship God and just to praise Him and and to love Him and to minister to Him was absolutely unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Hmm. It was supernatural. <laughs> yeah, and so you have been there. How long, how long were you there? Oh, I don't know, four, five, six hours. You lose track of time. Sure. Because it was just, it, it was just so peaceful. And, and you know, everybody... People were waiting in line. We waited in line, and everybody was talking about God and His glory, and there was people just singing praise while they were waiting. And and the young people, they were they were just seeking Him. Hmm. It's so hard to explain unless you were there to experience it. You mentioned uh, waiting in line. You were there over the weekend. What were the lines like, and what was just the, even the general atmosphere outside of the buildings that uh, people were meeting in? When um, I would say while I was there, there was anywhere between um, three to 4,000 people there. And the lines were around the buildings. They were very long lines. But it didn't seem... You just met people. You met hmm. brothers and sisters in Christ, and and they, everybody was talking Jesus. And there were people that were just singing praises to Him while they were waiting in line. And I mean, it was just, it was just unity. It, it was all about worshiping and and praising God. It was it was just such a mighty mighty experience. And one of the things that um, was interesting was. I was standing there, and they had this big screen outside of um, outside of the chapel. And as I was standing there, I looked around, and I thought, I am part of this army, hmm. of God's yeah. army. These are God's children, God's people, God's army. And it was just, it, it was surreal to be there in the midst of all of these people that were there for the same pers- purpose. And, and that was just to seek God and to worship Him. It was unbelievable. I love that. So many thousands of people gathering together to do that. Pam, what what, what are you taking home with you? Oh, my. Well, you know, I got home, and it was about a two-and-a-half-hour drive. And I got home, and I was telling my husband about it, and I just started crying. Hmm. And, and it was just His presence is so precious. And, you know, when we come together as Christians, you know, there is power in the blood of Jesus and the repentance. You know, God, help us to seek you the way you want us to seek you. And and 
and forgive us of anything of religion or anything that is not of you and just teach us and help us. And that's that's what I brought home with me. Beautiful. Pam, thank you for uh, your phone call this morning. Love the fact that you were able to go and to experience that. And i got to admit, I'm just a tiny bit jealous on this Tuesday morning, but I so appreciate you calling in and uh, sharing what that was like uh, for you. And and if you happen to go over the weekend, I'd love to uh, talk with you as well. What was your experience like? 800-555-7898. That's 800-555-7898. You're listening to Don and Steve in the morning. One of the great things about when we really walk with God, seek Him. He makes us a new creation. Dawn and Steve in the morning have just launched our Instagram channel. Follow Dawn and Steve in the morning on Instagram now. We're glad that you've joined us this morning, talking a little bit about uh, what's been going on at Asbury and whether or not we're calling it a revival or an awakening or a stirring or whatever. It's not the point. I I think the point is God is doing something there, and everyone who goes says that it's pretty obvious. But love to know what your uh, response has been, if you have been there. What uh, what did you take away from that? 800-555-7898. Kelly from uh, Tennessee calling in this morning. Kelly, I understand uh, you made it up to Asbury. Uh, was it easy to get there? Because I, I heard that there were, at one point, even turning people away. The town was so full. Uh, they they didn't start the turning away at the time we were there. Uh, it was shortly after we left that they decided to put a stop on the, um, the people coming in. Um, but it was like we got there early. The lines were probably close to a mile long, Uh, and it was was cold, and people were in line with blankets and babies and pets, and I mean, it was just amazing. People were filming this line. Of course, my husband filmed it, too, Um, and we stood there for a little bit talking to some people, uh, and then we decided, well, we're probably not going to get into the chapel or to the church wherever they were doing the services but they did have the big screens displayed on the lawn so we went up and sat down on a blanket uh and just watched the screens and worshiped with all the people that were out on the lawn they were they were people with their heads uh on the ground praying to god and hands raised and um young children sitting around holding hands praying Uh, it was just amazing and, you know, they had the Red Cross out there or the Salvation Army, somebody out there with the, uh, tr- the food trucks giving coffee and um, Chick-fil-A and uh, Lay's potato chips free of charge to all these people that were coming in. There was no charge for it. No offering was taken. Everything was free. You just come and be fed. And when I mean fed, I mean fed on God's Word. There was prayers going up. Um, there was a lot of singing and praising and testimonies. I didn't hear very much preaching, but of course we didn't need that because God's movement was on it. Everything was going so beautiful. Yeah. I heard uh, some of the organizers uh, were saying that, that the desire not to have preaching was, you know, they said, we want to hear from God, not from man. And so we want to direct people to seek him. And so, uh, yeah, you're just confirming what they've been saying there. Uh, Kelly, how 
what did you take away from this? How do you feel like God maybe spoke to you or did he impress anything upon you or what's your takeaway or take home from this? Well, you know, my, my husband, uh, he says churches are dying. Nobody believes in God anymore. This world's going rampant. And I was like, no, there's people that believe. I said, Jeremiah thought he was the only one left. And God said, no, I have many that you don't know nothing about. And this just proved that God is still in control. He always will be in control. Yeah, yeah. What a good word, uh, Kelly. Appreciate your phone call this morning and uh, just kind of sharing what the experience was at Asbury. Maybe you were there. Love to uh, know what your experience was. 800-555-7898 to call or to text this morning. Chris, um, you had asked, did did we end up going? Um, We did not end up going. I know I'd said uh, towards the end of last week on our way back from Chicago, if we had the opportunity, we might uh, swing by. We uh, talked about it, thought about it, but then did see those headlines, like uh, Kelly alluded to there, that there were so many people there that they actually had signs on the highway telling people to turn around, but they were over capacity, and, and not just the buildings over capacity, because they've been that way for some time, but that the town itself which is normally about 6,000, had over 20,000 people in there, and they were just overwhelmed and saying, like, we were turning people away at this point. So in light of that, no, we did not, unfortunately, end up making uh, the, the trip through there. But, man, we talked about it a lot, prayed about it, and uh, pray that that continues. I was looking uh, on the Gospel Coalition website a little bit earlier uh, this morning uh, to just kind of think a little bit more about what's been going on there came across a great article written by Trevin Wax. And uh, Trevin has been on the show uh, many times before. Love his writing. Um, he said, we are seeing something, no doubt, unusual. And can we, we call it a revival yet? I don't, no, yes. People are debating about that. We'll figure out all that stuff. Time will tell whether it is that. But what we are seeing is the Spirit doing something. And whenever we see the Spirit of God giving God's people a renewed sense of his presence, you stand in awe of his majesty, feel overwhelmed by his love. And so many people have said they've experienced that, the love, the peace, the unity that happens there. But what else happens? Well, one of the things that can happen is that it gets messy there. When the breath of God comes upon a place palpably, palpably, there are often some unusual responses, intensified periods of prayer and praise, immediate accelerated works of God and healing, maybe physically, certainly spiritually, the collapsing of one's experience of time. So many different things can happen along those lines. Secondly, as Trevin points out, revival seekers always show up, and not all of them with pure motives. Some of them want to, in a sense, bottle up if they could that and use it for their own cause. Whenever God's spirit is on display, some people try and profit from that. I love the fact that Kelly was saying, no, everything was free. People are just giving stuff away. Third, sometimes people in the church are more critical and more cynical than the word and the, than, the, than the world, than the society itself. A lot of questions have been asked as to what's been going on at Asbury. People wondering, is it real? How do we know this is a genuine work of God? Is it just emotionalism? 
Are people just getting excited about something and it's being spread by social media? Or what if there's spiritual manipulation going on? What if some of the theology of some of the people there is a little bit off? I've seen this question before. Why would I need to go there? Isn't God present wherever I am? So why would I necessarily need to or want to be a part of, of that? But there's one greater question that we should be asking. Trevin Wax calls it the burning question, coming from the book of John in chapter 5. We'll come back in just a little bit, talk about what that question is and why it is so significant. It's Don and Steve in the Morning here on Moody Radio. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning. We're glad you're here. Call or text 800-555-7898 to join the conversation. You know, a lot of questions have been asked about what's been going on at Asbury and as that's continued to spread into different parts around the country. But there's one burning question that uh, Trevin Wax is encouraging us to ask, and I think it's a, a really good one. Trevin's written about this in an article for the Gospel Coalition. And here's the question coming from John chapter 5. Do you want to be healed? He says the burning question from Asbury isn't about Asbury. It's about you. It's about your heart. It's about your longing. You know, Jesus asked that question of a paralytic, and that kind of seems absurd on the surface, right? I mean, here's this man sitting near a pool where supposedly you can get some relief and maybe healing, and he's hoping for a miracle, and you would think, of course he wants to be healed. Now, what if Jesus were to ask you and me, do we want a revival? I would assume most of us would say something pretty similar. Lord, can't you see? that we're faithful every week to you. We give, we pray, we serve. Haven't you heard how we sing every week? Aren't you aware of what we're saying? That the only way we're going to turn things around in this country is if you move, we're asking for a renewal, a revival. Yet, I think Jesus' question hangs in the air. Do you really want this? Forget all the surface stuff we say about revival and our dependence on the Spirit. It's possible you want revival, but deep down, you don't want the discomfort that God's presence might bring. It is possible to sing songs every Sunday asking for renewal while nursing grudges and bitterness they really don't want to be delivered from. It's possible to enjoy the division of the church, your theological tribalism, your secret sins that you harbor, your complacency for the church to kind of become deadened. You see the decline in your actually kind of apathetic regarding that. You'd never say it out loud, of course. So the question remains, do you want to be healed? And the paralytic, he, he came up with all sorts of excuses why the healing was impossible. Nobody ever helps me. I can't get down to the water. I'm all alone. And some of us may be doing the same thing. The church is too messed up. It's impossible for God to work in that place. If revival were to happen, well, it, it wouldn't look this way. If God was really moving, he'd do it differently than that. But the question remains, do you really want this? Does your heart leap at the thought, do you want to be healed? Martin Lloyd-Jones has said, I don't understand Christian people who are not thrilled by the whole idea of revival. Trevin Wax says, I don't either. I'd say the same thing. I, I don't either. So whatever happens or whatever doesn't happen at Asbury and beyond, I think one of the questions is, 
are we going to be marked as a body of believers who are thirsting for a knowledge of the living God, a desire to see him at work in power, doing whatever he alone can do in and through us? I think it's a great challenge for all of us to ask ourselves this morning. Do you really want this? Put a copy of this article that uh, Trevin has written on our Facebook page.